It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We said four quarters, all gas, no break. You guys did that today. Hell of a job. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin. And the show, for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by the Freighter and Medical College of Wisconsin, working hard to bring you what's possible for your health. The Freighter and MCW Health Network is transforming the way care is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. I got a note about the intro. Someone was like, is it weird that I know the whole intro, like the the whole the whole first minute? And I was like, you know, it's not it's not weird uh, because you're not the first person to tell me that. <laughs> it doesn't really change day to day. And and that is, you know, it's somewhat by design. It makes it easier for me. But, uh, you know, I think it also hopefully makes it easier for you to, to get all that information. It's a lot to get to. And we have limited time every day. So I want to make sure that we get through that part of it as fast as we possibly can so we can get to the good stuff and a lot to get to today because America's guest on the podcast, Jason Hershorn, uh, he covers the Chargers for Sports Illustrated and also is my colleague at Acme Packing Company, SB Nation's Packer site. Uh, you can also get a little fantasy action with him at NFL.com. Uh, you don't have to pay for it. It's amazing. Uh, <laughs> and... That is going to be, you know, it, it's great to have him because he is that that Venn diagram of this week. You know, his his two beats. We got to do it last week with Jake Morley, Packers and Chiefs. That was this week. I don't even know what day it is. What day is it? What week is it? Uh, that that was last week's game. This is this is hard to keep track of, guys. I don't. I never on a day to day basis. I'm just like, how many podcasts have I done this week? That's how I that's how I count the days, is how many podcasts in are we? What day in our podcast schedule? Is it Expert Tuesday? Okay, it must be Tuesday. That way, why do you think I named them like that? It's so I know I know what day it is. It's not for you guys. It's so I know what's going on. Uh, <laughs> we will still have a full uh, Periscope live show. So if you haven't gone and listened to that, uh, you can do that because this was recorded before the final injury report comes out. Uh, there is no Friday practice, so whatever designations are given 
later today will be approximate and and could potentially change over the next you know 48 ish hours depending on when you're listening to this so we can't get too much into that now but we will get into it on periscope Uh, whatever designations are made final will be a part of that periscope broadcast we will also take your questions so if you have if you're listening to this in the morning let's say you have plenty of time to wait five eastern is when we do our periscope every friday live on video and that's i think it's fun i've had a blast with you guys and what's crazy is you know there is a group of you who will watch live and then this much bigger group of you who will go back and watch later and that part it's it's actually more amazing to me you know if we had a good live audience that would be cool and that would be fun and that would be one thing and i would be like okay they wanted to watch it live they wanted to experience it in real time but when so many of you already listen to the podcast, which is going to be on your phone later in the day anyway, go back and watch the Periscope. I don't know if you're replacing the podcast. I wish if you if you watch the Periscope, let's do this. If you watch the Periscope, tell me if you are also listening to the podcast. I would love to know. Or if you are replacing the the audio version with the video. I, it, it, I'm just curious. It's not even it's not even for like market research purposes. I'm just fascinated to know the answer. We do have plenty of football to talk about because Devontae Adams made his official return to practice, and I say official because he was actually in pads on Thursday, and that marks a significant development in his recovery from this turf toe injury. He is still limited technically, and we, we you know, I don't know exactly what the designation is difference from you know, if he were full versus limited for the Packers, what they consider one versus the other. In the open part of practice, he appeared to be un- unrestricted, let's say. Now, that doesn't mean that he is. That doesn't mean that he is physically fully unrestricted. Uh, I think that is a, a def- different level that you have to get to. And so we're going to see over the next few days. Matt LaFleur said in his press conference yesterday that, you know, it's still day to day. So that it, while it's great, to have him back out there and practicing, he's still day-to-day. Now, Nathaniel Hackett struck a a more optimistic tone, maybe not even intentionally. You know, He said something along the lines of, it's great to have him back. And and maybe that was, you know, one of those things where he said the quiet part loud and he didn't, he didn't mean it like that. He's like, well, if we get him back, maybe that's what he meant to say, but maybe it's not. Maybe he meant to not say that he's definitely coming back and he's excited about it. He Maybe he meant to say, oh, I'm excited if he is back. And we, we would be excited theoretically if he could come back. Maybe that's what he meant to say or, you know, maybe not. And and the thing about this injury report is uh, it's long. But, you know, we had this same situation a couple weeks ago where the Packers had like 30 guys on the injury report. And they all ended up playing. Or they all ended up being, you know, most of them ended up being okay. It was like, yeah, there's 20 guys on the injury report, but 18 of them are limited or better, and all of those guys ended up being active on game day. Like it, it the Packers are almost being. Uh, it's like when uh, on Friday, it's like a Friday news dump. So like all these guys, you have to think about whether or not they're going to play. But in all likelihood, most of them are going to play, and. Perhaps more importantly for our purposes, 
this team's health is trending in a positive direction. They're they're likely going to get Devontae Adams back in some capacity. Big Bob Tanyan is working his way back. Guys who had been dealing with injuries are now full participants. Guys like Oren Burks and Kevin King and, and some of these players who have been dealing with nagging injuries but weren't necessarily missing time are now full participants in practice. And, and that movement is important. It is reflective of advancements in health and it is reflective of the team's health as a whole as we move toward the second half of the season. Because having health in the first half of the season is nice. But what you want is to have all your guys for the stretch run and the playoffs. That's far more important. If you're going to pick a time to have injuries, you want them early. You want the injuries early. So Devontae Adams, get hurt, miss your month, come back, and now be rested. You know, that has not been a part of this story that we've really discussed much. But there is certainly a case to be made that saving this time on Devontae Adams' legs... You know, he's going to get to maybe play this weekend and then play another game and then have a bye week. And then the final stretch, he's going to be fresh. If he's healthy, he will be fresh for the last six, eight weeks of the year. And, you know, theoretically, probably, hopefully in the playoffs. While you never want to say, oh, is it actually a good thing? And this was this was brought up to Nathaniel Hackett when the coaches spoke yesterday and, and I, you know, I don't remember who asked the question, but it was like, you know, I never want to say injuries are a good thing, but could it end up being a good thing in the long run for the team that Adams is out? And, and Hackett did a good job of, of equivocating and obfuscating and doing the thing where you can't say, well, actually, it's nice to have the opportunity to get some of these other guys action because you never want to make someone like Devontae Adams feel bad. You know, you, you need him for this offense to get to where it wants to get to. You need him. And if he's going to play, it's huge in this game in particular because Los Angeles is dealing with safety injuries. Both of their starting safeties coming into the season uh, are hurt, including their all-pro Derwin James. And, you know, Jason and I are going to talk about those injuries, but it is a huge part of the the game plan. Any week you're going to play Aaron Rodgers, how are you going to play your safeties? Are you going to play them too deep? Are you going to play in that two shell, make them drop everything off underneath and make Aaron Rodgers beat you? Because if you do that, Billy Turner mentioned it yesterday. If you play that two shell, okay, run the ball time. And and those guys up front are winning their battles consistently. Okay, you're going to bring that safety down. Okay, deep shot time. Can you run with Marquez Valdez-Scantling? Can you run with Alan Lazard and Jake Kumaro? And now... Can you run with Devontae Adams? And so that makes this offense even more difficult to handle. And while I have been on record saying, I don't think it's going to be a seamless transition, that's not the same as saying I think it's going to be difficult. That's not the same as saying I don't think it's going to work. And it's not the same as saying this offense is better without Devontae Adams. No, definitely not. But they are going to have to reassimilate him. And that's why I actually think it makes sense for them to continue to treat him the way that they've treated other injured players as they work their way back from injury, play him 20, 30 snaps, just get him back in a rhythm, get him back out there, let him take some hits, let him run some routes, and don't subject him to more damage, potential damage, because every hit is damage. I mean, I don't don't mean just injury. 
every hit is damage to your body. I mean, these are car crashes, if we're being honest. And so you don't want to overexert him right away. Just get him out there because they don't they they really don't need him to win. They can win without Devontae Adams for sure. I mean, of the teams that Green Bay, if if let's say he didn't play, right? He do, he doesn't play, and they have to they have to play again without him, and they beat the Chargers. The Chargers are probably the worst team that they would have beaten without Devontae Adams. Think about that. And so to get Devontae Adams back for this game, I think it makes makes Green Bay, if if that does happen, it makes Green Bay the clear favorite, three and a half point favorites in Vegas as it stands right now. I, I'm wondering if Devontae is questionable, but Matt LaFleur is like, yeah, we think he's going to play. I wonder if that line moves. Because it, it maybe should. Right now, you know, based on the numbers that I've seen, I think Green Bay is in that like four, four and a half point range on a neutral field. And the Chargers, you know, quarter of a point on a neutral field. But I think if Devontae Adams is out there, he's worth at least a point, maybe two. And so then you take away home field advantage. Yeah, three and a half probably is, probably is the right number. But I wonder if just because of the way betting works that it jumps to four or four and a half if it looks like there's a really good chance Devontae plays because, you know, you'd think the Packer money is going to come in. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I, I do think this is a, a game that Green Bay wins because I just don't I just don't see how L.A. is going to stop them. Now, I mean, unless the pass rush just goes nuts. And it's hard to imagine that happening with Brian Bulaga and, and David Bakhtiari playing as well as they have this season. Even with David Bakhtiari not being his normal self, I just don't see him playing so badly. And now, if they, if they get hurt, different issue, obviously. Alex Light played surprisingly well last week, I have to say, after being what I thought was a trash fire against Philadelphia. But they have an opportunity to go in, to get to 8-1, to, to sort of keep pace with San Francisco, who, by the way, did not look great on Thursday night against Arizona. Let the Cardinals hang around in that game, let them jump out to an early lead, and let Kyler Murray look pretty comfortable, all things considered. Jimmy G made a lot of plays. Green Bay's defense is much better than Arizona's, and... Uh, Green Bay's offense is also much better than Arizona's. And so, I mean, I think they have to feel better than they did. Certainly after last week, after seeing what Carolina did to Kyle Allen, they have to feel better about going to San Francisco, especially off a bye week. That's going to be an enormous game for them. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves because they still have to deal with a different California team this weekend. They cannot overlook the Chargers. Matt LaFleur, that was his message to the team this week. And that has to be the approach moving forward. And don't overlook your opportunities to try and generate a little cash with your own betting knowledge. Every weekend, our favorite gridiron warriors put their skills to the test. So why aren't you doing the same? Get off the sidelines and get in the game with MyBookie. MyBookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. They always have the most up-to-date lines and the most prop bets of any sportsbook on the planet where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on so do the smart thing and go to my bookie today the best part is right now my listeners can get a deposit bonus that's right my bookie will double your first deposit even if you put a thousand dollars in they will give you a thousand dollars 
back from your first deposit. So go to MyBookie today, use the promo code Locked On, and they will double your first deposit because at MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network offers many same-day care options to fit your busy schedule. Your health is important, so stay on top of it this football season. Take advantage of what is possible through one of the many convenient ways to get the care you need from the area's leading physicians. In need of primary care? Personalized care is delivered at more than 40 health centers and clinics throughout southeastern Wisconsin. Many locations offer Saturday and extended evening hours. You can even schedule that appointment directly online. Prefer to save yourself a trip? Schedule a visit site with your own doctor through the safe and secure MyChart app. Or request a virtual clinic appointment 24-7 and be seen by a board-certified provider in 30 minutes or less using your phone, tablet, or laptop. For more serious conditions, staff at urgent care clinics and emergency departments are ready to treat you when you need it most, even late at night. Whether in the comfort of your home or at one of many convenient locations, Freighter and the MCW Health Network staff will provide you with exceptional care rooted in innovation and discovery. To learn more about all these care options, visit www.freighter.com care or call 1-800-DOCTORS. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network, this is what is possible. All right, let's bring in America's guest. You know him, you love him. He covers the Chargers for Sports Illustrated. He is also a fantasy analyst at NFL.com. He is my... My brethren, my colleague at APC, and also a damn good friend. You can follow him on Twitter at by underscore JBH. Jason, welcome back. I'm not even going to thank you because you, you, you deserve to be here. Welcome back on Locked on Packers. Well, it's about time, Peter. I feel like it's been almost two months <laughs> since the last time I appeared. It has been far too long, uh, especially for America's guests. This is the perfect week for you, though, because it is uh, a... a a collision of worlds for you as someone who covers both the both the Packers and the Chargers. And as I said on the show yesterday, we have not spent nearly enough time talking about the Chargers, which is why uh, you are here today. Uh, I'm going to try and not say San Diego, but I cannot make any promises about that. Uh, speaking of getting things wrong, uh, the Chargers have done that a lot this season, and they have found ways over the last few years to get things wrong. One thing, though, that I think they got right was this OC change. Not that that you know we know that Shane Steichen is going to be great, but he's going to be different, and we think right he's going to be different in useful ways. Yeah, when we first talked to the team about the change, because they announced it late Monday, this was after media availability. And, and according to the players, this was, you know, this is how they learned it too, just from the team's Twitter account. So when Lynn first spoke to the media on Wednesday, he, he said this is something he had been considering for a while. And he felt like if he was going to do it eventually, why not do it now? Which I thought was pretty revealing. And then when we asked what some of the problems were, it might have something to do with the run game because the Chargers became the first team since 1946. And I'm going to repeat that again, 1946 to go four straight games without reaching 40 yards rushing as a team, even in the modern NFL, that, that's really hard to do. One of the things that Lynn said was, well, it's really hard to do that when you don't rush enough. So this is definitely something tied to the run game and their ability to really stack plays in that way, because the Chargers just really weren't a very balanced offense, even before they were on the, the wrong end of double digit deficits. 
Well, and, and that is part of it, obviously. But it, it is interesting that not running enough coincides with the fact that they, Austin Eckler has been one of the most efficient running backs in the league. And I know they've been throwing it to him, but it seems like the more opportunities you can get him, the better. Yet that hadn't been the approach. Is, it, is that going to be the approach moving forward? Or are they sort of stuck with you know, the yoke of Melvin Gordon, who I, I know our Wisconsin listeners in particular will not be happy to know has just not been good this year? Well, he hasn't been, but let's keep in mind that over the last month, it wasn't just Melvin Gordon that wasn't running well in this offense. Eckler wasn't either. doesn't matter who they put back there. It was really an issue with the offensive line and just getting into situations where they felt like they weren't really able to do the kind of running that they like to do that had been efficient in the past. These things are all related. And when we asked Lynn about why Gordon was off to such a slow start, and he didn't want to point to the holdout, though obviously that is part of it, not having all of those reps in training camp and all that time to get ready before the season started. He said that it wasn't on the running backs, that it was something that was on the offense. Now, at the time, we read that to mean maybe he was upset with the offensive line, and maybe that was part of it. But in retrospect, pretty clearly, he felt like it was an issue with the offensive coordinator. We have to keep in mind, Ken Wisenhut, the guy that they just fired, had been with the Chargers prior to Lynn's arrival, someone that he inherited and probably inherited because of the relationship that Wizenon had with Philip Rivers, that was not able to hold, uh, help him keep his job now because of the way the offense had performed. And Shane Steichen, who was the quarterback's coach previously, is going to be calling plays. I think you are going to see a lot of Gordon still as the primary back, which I think you're going to see a fair amount of Austin Eckler too in the backfield. But the reason why it may not be as much there is because he's playing a lot. It's just not always as a, a running back in the backfield. They're lining him up wide. I think Packers fans will see a lot of similarities between him and Aaron Jones. They've lined him up wide, had him run really like just things, kind of routes you wouldn't expect a running back to do. Two weeks ago, he scored a long touchdown doing doing a stop-and-go vertical route. That's not the kind of thing you usually see out of running backs, but something that you have seen from Austin Eckler. So he's going to be all over the field this upcoming Sunday. I want to get back to that in just a second, but the the idea of Anthony Lynn, former running backs coach, uh, this is not going to be a situation like Callahan in Washington where they're just going to run the ball, you know, by design forty times just to do it because that's a thing that they want to do, right? I think that's fair. And and Lynn made it very clear. He's like, I don't care if we're running. I don't care if we're passing. But we need to do things that make it easier for us to win. So he obviously felt like that wasn't what what was happening under Wisenhunt, at least the last month and change. But I don't think he's opposed to being a a pass-first offense. I just think he wants it to be passing in situations that make sense and running in situations that make sense. Because if you look at the way that offense has been under Wisenhunt this season, I believe they were third in the NFL in pass rates, and it was nearly 70% or 67. Actually, I take it back. It was exactly two-thirds of their plays were passes. Now, they've been behind in a lot of these games, and that contributes to it, but they've also been ahead at certain times, and they still weren't really running enough. And it's it's the kind of thing when you're that one-dimensional, it really impacts the way that you're able to move the ball late in games. So I, I think all of these things play a role. So this this Austin Eckler matchup issue, the, the reason Aaron Jones has been so successful is because Aaron Jones and even Jamal Williams on a linebacker is death for the defense. Green Bay has tried to solve these kinds of problems in the past with three safeties. 
Do you expect that's going to be the approach again with with Mike Pettin wanting to go with Amos Savage and then you know pick a safety, whether it's Chandon Sullivan, Will Redman, or maybe even Ibrahim Campbell? I would imagine so, but at some point you're going to see one of these running backs for the Chargers lined up against a linebacker. And it's a big part of what they do offensively. I don't think that's tied to Wisenhunt or tied to Stecken. I think it's really just something that they do foundationally. I talked to Eckler this week and he said one of the beauties about his ability to be versatile is that either at some point because of the way they're moving him around, a linebacker is going to be over him or what's in his view even better, you get a linebacker over one of their receivers because they move him around so much. And, and again, it's a lot of stuff that the Packers fans will have seen before. Um, orbit motion around the formation, jet sweeps, and just being motioned in and out of the backfield. So those things are going to happen at some point. I mean, Patton is going to try to keep the personnel light because the Chargers, you presume, even with the OC change, are still going to be running a lot of the same stuff. It's just when they run it that differs. And at some point, they are going to get their receivers or their, or their pass-catching running backs in advantageous matchups. And that's really where they can profit because when that offense has been good and it has been off in this season, but it, it has happened in spurts, it's usually been because of those kind of matchups. All right, I want to get back to Jason in just a second. But before we do, I want to tell you about the folks at Roman, a men's health company, because they are changing the game with Roman Swipes, the secret to lasting longer in bed. Get $10 off your first order of swipes and free Two-day shipping at GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. David Harrison here, the Locked On Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21-grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's Killer Bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed-coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason. It tastes so stinking good. Dave's Killer Bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-GMO ingredients and is power packed with whole grains, fiber, and protein. Visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for Dave's Killer Bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. There's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel, and that's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long waits. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. Yeah, Mike Patton said in his press conference on Thursday that the plays will not change in all likelihood 
uh, you know, the the date book of plays, the Wendy's menu, if you will, is not going to change. It might just be how those plays are called, how they're stacked, and and that's going to be the big difference here. On the other side of the ball, uh, the Chargers defense, despite you know Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, Casey Hayward. They have a lot of big names on this defense and they just haven't been good. And it's not it's not like, you know, they're they're good at one particular thing. They're bad against the run and they're bad against the pass. And it it just it doesn't make any sense to me. Well, injuries have played a big role in this, right? Like their probably most impactful defender sure. is Derwin James. I mean, Joey Bose is having an incredible season, may even be a defensive player of the year candidate. But in terms of how that defense runs, I think that they've missed Derwin James so much because of what he allows them to do. And this, again, will sound very familiar to Packers fans who have seen the way that Mike Pettin has used Adrian Amos. They can use Derwin James as a safety. They did that for a lot last year, but he also came up and played as a linebacker. He can play in the slot as a corner. And having one player that can do all of those things can really combat a lot of those things that the offenses do. When you have running backs who are going to start the play in the backfield, move to the outside, and try to get into those advantageous matchups, it's a lot easier when you can just put Derwin James on them and say, okay, well, this is essentially a corner versus a, a not as good receiver. We can win that matchup. But when that player's out, and then when you have other injuries in the secondary, they lost Adrian Phillips two weeks into the season. Uh, right now, their their other starting or one of their other starting safeties, Roderick Teamer, an undrafted free agent, has really come on for them lately. He hasn't practiced the last few days, and and he might not play this weekend. So you're down to one starting safety, and then. On, on, on a certain level, a bunch of guys named Dave. And when that happens, it just creates all of these holes. And that's just in the back. Up front, they spent the last several weeks playing without anywhere between half to 75% of their defensive line or their starting defensive line. Uh, it looks like they might get Justin Jones, their defensive tackle, back this week. He finally returned to practice earlier today, that being Thursday. But you're still talking about a defense that's playing down several guys up front down several guys in the back. And even though there aren't a ton of injuries in the middle of that, Denzel Perryman has been dealing with an ankle issue and he's not great in coverage as it is. So there's just a lot of holes all over this defense. And it's and when it's that much of an issue, it doesn't matter what you're doing schematically. You just either have to hope that the offense screws up or just the ball bounces a weird way and it lands into your arms because otherwise you're going to get burned for a lot of yards and some scores. Yeah, and this is the appropriate that Derwin James is a linchpin piece here because Derwin James, of course, famously the Packers passed on drafting him, and that was not popular among a lot of Packer fans. And yet here he is not being in the game, and it is going to, you assume, be a boon for the Packers' offense. If if and when they do go to you know some of these spread looks you know is it something where you think LA is just going to say we're going to come after Rodgers knowing that you know that was where Steve Spagnuolo had some success there for a little bit with that Kansas City defense and then you know their linebackers are not going to be able to run with Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams or whoever is split out is this just going to be throw everyone at Rodgers and, and make him make decisions I think at times they're going to have to do that because in the last couple of weeks, they have started to get back some of their pass rushers. So even if the defense as a whole still has a lot of issues, they can get after the quarterback. Joey Bosa is having, as, as we discussed earlier, 
one of the best seasons of any defensive player in the league. And I mean, the only players that are really performing better are maybe his brother and a few other guys. And just last week, they got back Melvin Ingram. He's really important to their defense. And if you look at the way that the Bears defended them or uh, pass protected against them last year or last week, they were double teaming Melvin Ingram most of the time. They weren't double teaming Joey Bosa. So that tells you the amount of respect that opposing offensive coordinators have for Ingram. And the other guy that's really coming on for them is a second-year player, Chenna Nuosu. He's been playing some defensive end, some linebacker, and those roles are, are a little bit blurred in Gus Bradley's defense. But they're able to put all three of these guys on the field at the same time right now. So even if they can't cover for all that long, if they can get to the quarterback within you know a second or two, that may not matter as much. So my anticipation at this point is that they're going to try to go after Rodgers. And they know that that can also be a recipe for disaster because of mm-hmm. how good Rodgers is against the Blitz, both generally and this season in particular. But I don't know if they have a better option at this point. Yeah, and and on the other side, I mean, we went we went through the offense a little bit, but I'm just I'm looking at this team with Philip Rivers, with Keenan Allen, and Mike Williams, with Hunter Henry, all of these guys that can make plays for this offense, and yet they haven't been able to consistently score points. What do they have to do? Green Bay's defense has had some issues giving up chunk plays, and that is where Philip Rivers has always excelled, pushing the ball down the field and creating. How how can the Chargers offense attack this defense to score enough to win this game because the way I'm looking at it it seems like the Chargers are going to have a hard time stopping the Packers they're going to have to just score with them yeah and some of the Chargers offensive statistics are a little bit misleading because they have moved the ball uh, pretty well over the course of the season even if the point total hasn't really been there and that's frankly because of how many times they turned over the ball at the goal line I, I know most people saw that Melvin Gordon fumble on the Chargers' final play from scrimmage two weeks ago into the Titans that that ultimately cost them that game. But it's happened over the course of the season. They had a fumble at the goal line at the end of the game against, I believe it was the Broncos. If not that, it was the Steelers. They had another one, actually two turnovers at the goal line against the Lions in week two. So this has been an issue for them, that they can move the ball down towards the end zone and then just something goes wrong, usually a turnover, and that's what keeps them from putting points on the board. Now, that's something that over the course of enough games will even out and they won't have as many turnovers. And uh, frankly, that's something that we haven't seen now I didn't see it at all this past week, and they've been pretty good about uh, producing turnovers. I think their only one against the Bears this past week was one where the receiver fell down on the Soldier Field turf, and I know you've watched enough of those uh, Bears games to know that that's not necessarily an issue with the receiver. That's just the reality of playing on that particular surface. But yeah, I think they're going to be able to get chunk plays here and there just because of what they do well. They're one of the best teams in the NFL at play action. And this was actually something that we talked about with Lynn and with Wisenhunt before he was removed, saying, well, you do this so well, why don't you do it more often? Because I think they were only using it at the time at 21% of their plays, which was bottom 10 in the league. And Wisenhunt's answer was always, well, it can work and it's nice, but you don't want to live in that world, which is a very regressive approach. And I wonder if that's something that's going to change in a pretty big way with uh, Shane Steichen in there because they know that they're good at it. This is not a mystery to them. And it's something that I don't think they really believe, at least the people who are in charge now, really believe you have to, quote unquote, establish the run to do. So if that's something that they're able to open up, I mean, that could really change that offense because, as I said before, they're one of the best in the NFL at it. It's the difference between Rivers being a legitimate MVP candidate and statistically almost identical to Joe Flacco when they do and don't use it. 
Yeah, and and based on your description, and I would say based on what I've seen so far this season, and and what we've seen from the Chargers the last few years, they are basically the work site that has the it's been such and such day since our last accident because that's basically what their offense has been. It's like okay, yeah, it's been one whole game since the last time they turned the ball over at the one yard line in a stupid way. Uh, Jason, uh, if our listeners do not already know where they can find your work, uh, please let them know. You can find me on Twitter at by underscore JBH. You can find my coverage on the Chargers at SI.com. You can find my coverage for the Packers at SB Nation, and you can find more coverage at NFL.com. I think that's all of the big sites. Well, all of the all the places uh, you are everywhere, as always. Jason, thank you for coming back on Locked on Packers. Anytime, Peter. All right, I want to thank Jason again for joining the show. I think the Packers win on Sunday. I think they win, I don't know about convincingly, but I think they, they play well and they, they keep the, the ship going. The train pulls into the station on time, it pulls out on time, and that's not a blue chew ad. Uh, the, the Packers, they get to 8-1 and, one and they, they keep pace. They really, they have to keep pace because you look at the schedule and the, the, the Saints and the 49ers, I think, have a little bit more favorable schedule uh, you know, San Francisco obviously has the one game lead and then they have the head to head matchup. The 49ers and the Saints also play head to head in New Orleans. So, you know, there is there is a little bit of a round robin feel, although the Packers and the and the Saints do not play. But you have to win the games that you can win. And this is a game Green Bay should win. They are better than the Chargers, but the Chargers absolutely have the talent to win this game. They have a quarterback who knows what it takes. They've got skill talent. They've got a pass rush. They've got talent in the secondary. There, there is absolutely a roadmap to the Chargers winning this game, but I just, I, I just don't see the, the continuity right now with the offensive coordinator change. Jason and I talked about it. This is one of those games. I think Green Bay keeps scoring. I think they get to 30 again, and this is like 31-24, maybe 31. I think it's a close-ish game, maybe a backdoor cover. That's a Chargers special. You know, it's the kind of game that's 31-21 late in the fourth quarter. And, you know, maybe they get a field goal or they even get a, a late touchdown to make it close. But it's a game that Green Bay controls most of the way and ultimately gets the win. If you haven't gone on Periscope and found our live show, go do that. Uh, it, it's not going to be this. It's going to be a totally different show. It is 20-plus minutes of live reaction to the injury report, your questions, and and everything else you could possibly want from a Packers show short of the Aaron Rodgers, maybe. All right, maybe I'm overselling it. Um, In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter on Locked on Packers. Subscribe, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay 